Well, the historians are arguing that the book of Job in the Bible is probably amongst the oldest written, and um, which then makes it a very interesting book to study. Um, probably wanting to understand the interaction between God and man at that time. Um, not really much drawn into digging deep the times and etc., but that we, we just want to have an interest. And a lot is said about Job, and again, so much less is said in such a such a long book with about forty-two chapters. Um, mainly, people know that he had he he lost things and gained them after. And unfortunately, there's so much that we miss in between. And just to give you the scene or the context, it's well, there's few characters that we learn of in the book of Job. One being God himself for, for sure. And uh, we hear of Satan in that book as well. So <clears throat> it's, that's, that makes it interesting. And then we hear of Job himself. We hear of Job's three friends. Namely Bildad, Eliphaz and Zophar. And then we hear later on in the book about a man, a very young man called Elihu. And it appears that this thing... Um, happened when you look at the time it was quite a short space of time it's not something that happened over a year or two I think looking at the kind of conversations that they had but just to take you through a um, bit of context from chapter 1 to chapter 2 and then I'll be reading a few verses so that you you understand um, in the first two chapters well it's an introduction of, of Job but He's being introduced as among one of the richest men, wherever he was. And there comes a time where the sons of, were told that the sons of God presented themselves um, to God. Um, again, we, we won't dive into what that means, etc. But then we're told that as they presented themselves to God, Satan came. And um, which... Then God says, look, have you, have you, have you seen my servant, Job? And uh, he calls him an upright, righteous man, you know, a very good man, you know. And, and Satan says, oh, come on, you know, he's, he's, he's doing that simply because you have blessed him. You've, you've, you've given him what he has, and therefore, why wouldn't he not but reverence you, you know. And he says, and you know, if I can take the possessions that he has, he'll definitely curse you. And, you know, God says, go ahead, try it, go for it. And he does. He destroys what the man had. And um, the man stands, you know, Job stands. And, and then he comes back um, again in chapter 2. He says, okay, well, this one didn't work. Um, and God actually tells him, he says, even if you made me um, do that to him, um, he still stood. And that's quite interesting, God taking responsibility of what Satan has done. And then, and then Satan says, nah man, skin for skin. Let me go for the man himself. Let me go for, he, for his body, right? Let's see if he's going to stand. And that's intensifying the, 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 the temptation or whatever, the suffering you may call it, from actually swallowing up the what the man holds maybe to find if he finds pride in those possessions and then for only to find that he doesn't and now 
let's go for the actual man. This, and, and, and one of the greatest ways to do that is to introduce sickness and disease. And um, yeah, he says, let's go for him. It will definitely going to curse you. Um, and this is what God says, which is actually interesting. He says, yeah, go for him, but don't kill him. Yeah, don't, don't take his life. And again, you know, that's interesting that the, that, that the father would, would say that. And it, it just goes to show the, the, the extent in which the devil could, could, go, could, 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 could demolish and destroy to even a point of taking someone's life. Um, but anyway, so that has happened. The man's now sick. I don't know what he had, but it looked like it was a real, really bad sickness. So now I want to take you through very quickly what then happens from that time because there's a lesson to be learned. And here comes the man, Job, who after getting these afflictions, the very first things he says, he says, after this, Job opened his mouth. Chapter 3, verse 1. He opened his mouth. And that's very important. There's opening of his mouth and you'll understand why. So he starts speaking and he says, and he cursed the day of his birth. He cursed the day that he was born. And there's so many things that he says about that day. And, and when, you, when you look into that um, versus what God says to Jeremiah in chapter 1, 5, where he says, I knew you before you were in your mom's womb. I knew you before you were born. And, um, and that's interesting because here's a man who's saying, I cursed that day. I cursed the day I was born, which simply means because we're bringing in an understanding that God actually knows and, and understands why or has purpose with, with why we, we get bored. And the man automatically quickly now says, I cursed that. And um, yeah, it goes on and on. But I want to take you through the friend's responses now. And, 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 and it's quite interesting. So one of the few friends to start responding was Eliphaz, who says, who argues that in chapter 4, verse 17, he says, Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? If he puts no trust in his servants, um, and if he, meaning God, charges his angels with error, how much more those who dwell in houses of clay whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before a moth, or a moth. They are broken in pieces from morning till evening. They perish forever with no one regarding. Does not their excellence go away? They die even without wisdom. So he's trying to make him understand that God is bigger, God is greater, and continues to say in the fifth chapter, verse 17, Behold, happy is, a, is, is the man whom God corrects, Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he bruises, but he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. He shall deliver you in six troubles, yet in seven no evil shall touch you. In famine he shall redeem you from the, from the death, etc. 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 So you, you're kind of getting a feel now that this, this friend of his is trying to make him understand that there must be reason why you're going through this stuff. And um, you must understand that God... God can do this, you understand. And then he continues, and Job now starts to, to respond. And he says, um, responding to what Eliphaz is saying, says, look, man, uh, in chapter 6 from verse 4, he says, for the arrows of the Almighty are within me. He says, my spirit drinks in, in their poison. All right? So he's claiming that they are arrows, right? Um, arrows signify 
um, something that brings damage, that, 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 that destroys an arrow. So he says the arrows of the Almighty. So an arrow is not a great thing, you're right? Um, that's why in Ephesians, I think, chapter 6, we're told that um, he, the devil is able to bring fiery darts, uh, which are actually arrows that are sent to come and, 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 and quench or to come and, and, and bring harm. So he says the arrows of the Almighty are within me. So the not-so-great things are within me. He says, my spirit drinks in their poison. Okay? The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Verse 8, it says, Oh, that I might have my request, that God would grant me the thing that I, I long for, that it, that it would please God to crush me, that he would lose his hand and cut me off. Then I will still have comfort, though in anguish I would exult. He will not spare, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy Ones. Right? And man is in pain. Continues in verse 24 of the 6th chapter again. Teach me, and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. I need to understand where have I gone wrong. Hmm? Teach me. What have I done? Speaking to God. What have I done wrong? You understand? For me to be, uh, to, to, to be going through this stuff. You understand? And then he says, verse 29, Yield now, let there be no injustice. Yes, concede. My righteousness still stands. So the man sees himself as, I don't deserve this. You know, I don't deserve this. And why is this thing coming to me? And he's having friends who are saying, maybe you need to consider that God is greater than, than you, brother. And um, the man is just trying to prove his innocence. He continues in chapter 7, to explain the anguish or the pain that he was going through. Verse 5, he says, My flesh is caked with worms and dust. My skin is cracked and breaks um, out afresh. You know, really, really nasty stuff. Verse 11 of the same chapter 7, he says, Therefore I will not restrain my mouth, says, says Job. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. He says, I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Hmm. A man is pissed, right? And he's, he's just not having it. And he says, I'm going to speak. Now, remember, we started the third chapter where he's opened his mouth and he cursed the day he was born. He says, now, you know what? I'm not going to stop speaking. I'm going to use my mouth. I'm going to speak in the anguish of my spirit. I'm going to speak and complain in the bitterness of my soul. I care less. You know, I'm going through a lot. You know, my flesh is caked with worms and dust. My skin is cracked and it breaks out afresh. Like it's just getting bad and bad. You know, it's just so painful stuff the seven in ten he then says what is man um, that you shall exalt him and this this is quoted by the hebrew writer in chapter two in the context of christ for sure um, that you should set your your heart on him that you should visit him every morning and test him every moment verse 19 says how long will you look will you not look away from me and let me and let me alone till i swallow my saliva so he's assuming that God looking at him is bringing so much pain. Can you imagine? And he says, have I sinned? Verse 20, chapter 7. Have I sinned? What have I done to you? Oh, oh, watcher of men. Why have you set me as, uh, as your target? So that I am burdened, I am a burden to myself. Hmm? Why then don't you pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I will, I will lie down in the dust and you will seek my diligence, but I will, I will no longer be. Hmm? He's asking God these questions, you know. You've made me a target. 
God making Job a target and all those things. And the man is going through a lot and uh, you must understand. So he kind of gets responses from the friends. And this is the context. Job is becoming a bit more self-righteous. Job is not seeing why he's going through this stuff. And the friends are trying to bring him together and make him understand that, look, man, God, God probably has a reason, you know, and you need to understand that all you are is just dust and God is probably teaching you one or few lessons, right? And then comes chapter 36, or should, should I say 32, where the, 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 the fifth character comes in. And we've mentioned God, we've mentioned Satan, we've mentioned the Job, we've mentioned the three friends. Um, so yeah, maybe the seventh character comes in, which is Elihu. And Elihu, um, it starts in chapter 32, it says verse 1. So these three men ceased answering Job. Why? Because he was righteous in his own eyes. Hmm? Um, and then Elihu starts to speak and he says, verse 6. So Elihu um, starts to say, I am young in years and you are very old. Therefore, I was afraid. Now, that's significant. The man didn't say you're young and I'm old and probably they are in their 40s and he's, he's 30 or whatsoever, they're 50. He's actually saying these guys are old, very old. And uh, if at my age, I'm saying someone is very old, they're probably twice my age, twice to probably twice and a half my age. That's very old for me. Yeah, my parents kind of vibe, you know, they're old. So this is a young fellow, and I need you to understand that. He says, I'm young in years, and you are very old. Therefore, I was afraid, and I dared not declare my opinion to you. I said, age should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Hallelujah. But there is a spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that gives him understanding. Great men are not always wise nor do the aged always understand justice. And that is very true even to the, to, the, to the things we see today. And we can be fooled by someone's age and think they are wise and look at their, someone's age and feel that uh, they have understanding where else they don't. And here's a young man bringing them to speed to that, to say, no, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not wise, brothers. You're not understanding, all right? Um, then it says, verse 10, Therefore I say, listen to me, I also will declare my opinion. Indeed, I waited for your words, I listened to your reasonings while you searched out what to say. He says here, I paid close attention to you, and surely not one of you convinced Job or, answers, or, or answered uh, his words. Amen. Um, verse chapter 33 says, But please, Job, hear my speech and listen to all my words. Now I open my mouth, again, the issue of the mouth. My tongue speaks in my mouth. My words come from my upright heart. Oh, this is awesome. My lips utter pure knowledge. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. If you answer me, set your words in order before me. Take your stand. Truly I say, etc., etc. Hmm? Amen. Um, the man now tries to tell him and make him understand. Um, but you see where he's coming from. He's saying, I'm not coming from my own, my own understanding. It's just my opinion. He's, he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a position where there's been an influence of the Spirit of God in my tongue. There's an influence in the Spirit in which now enables me to speak. 
because I thought age is going to speak. I thought wisdom is going to speak. Um, I thought years would speak, but it's not, it's not the case. And therefore, I speak. Now, that's the seventh character. Then guess what? After he, he speaks for a while and, 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 and tells them what, what they have gone wrong, then out of nowhere, the Lord himself speaks. And this is interesting. We've had Job speak. We've had the three friends speak. We've had Elihu speaking. Then God starts speaking. And this is what he says. Then the Lord answered Job out of the well, well wind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you? When I laid the foundations of the earth. Tell me. If you have understood it. Who determined its measurements. Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it. To what were its foundation fastened. And who laid its cornerstone. When the morning stars sang together. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with, the, with, with doors. When it burst forth and issued from the womb. When I made the clouds in its garment and thick darkness its swangling band, when I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors, when I said, this far you come, but no further, and here your, 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 your proud waves must stop. This is interesting, right? So God is, is, is speaking to Job, responding to his, 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 his speakings, and he's saying, look, maybe you'll tell me, where were you when I founded the earth? Where were you when I, when I formed the clouds? Where were you when I told the sea that you will end here? Ha! Huh? This is awesome stuff, right? Hmm? Where were you? It says, answer me. Maybe you've got an answer. Maybe you're smart. But anyways, God starts asking this man questions. From, are you the one that feeds the ravens? Hmm? Are you the one that feeds the lions? He asks him questions like that, you know? Are you the one that brings rain? He tells the clouds that they must bring rain. Are you the one? And he starts asking these questions right through to chapter 40. And when we reach chapter 42, God stops speaking and Job has now listened to three of his friends. He's listened to Elihu. He's, he's listened to God himself. And this is what the conclusion of the book is about. He says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you, Lord, by the hearing of the eye, but now my eyes sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Number six, um, that's verse six. In the Amplified, it says, Therefore I loathe my words. I regret the things I've said and abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Right? And that's quite interesting. Um, so it simply means that Job spoke without knowledge. It simply means that whatever he spoke, God didn't like. And therefore, we cannot run and quote Job. 
Yeah? We can't go, go around and coach. Coach God says, I didn't like what you said. Job himself is repenting from those things. He says, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I didn't understand a lot of things. Now I see you. What does he mean he sees you? Because God had to bring the practicality of his, of his, of his, of his lordship. The practicality by asking him, were you there when I founded the earth? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait. Are you there when I feed the ravens? You're like, oh, no, no, that sounds deep. Were you there when I told the sea that you stop here? That becomes a bit more profound. And you're able to see and comprehend his majesty, his greatness, his creation. And you start to, to appreciate. So he quickly realizes that, nah, fam, I was wrong. And he repents from his words. Remember, he was speaking. There's a time when he says, I'm not going to relent. I'm going to speak out of, the, out of the hardship of my soul. I'm going to utter these things, right? He says, uh-uh, I, I didn't understand. Yeah. And as quickly as he repents, check this out. The man repents in, in verse 6. And then God says in verse 7, And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, and that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, He says, My wrath is aroused against you, and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right. So God says, look here, man. not only you, Job, even you guys, you three guys, what you said was wrong. You didn't speak of me right. Yet they were trying to fight and say, but maybe God is greater than you. They were saying things you can read and say, mm, that sounds good. God says, nah, they misrepresented me. They spoke things that are not right. So we cannot quote Eliphaz and say, oh, it's the Bible and we quote Eliphaz. Eliphaz said things that God says are not right. You understand what I'm saying? But he does not mention Elihu. Why? Because Elihu spoke from the Spirit of God. Elihu spoke, drew from God himself. And he spoke against the, what these men are saying. Spoke against what Job was saying. Are you with me there? And then he also says, um, and then all of a sudden God claims that, um, because he says, I'm, 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 I have wrath for, the, for you and the two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. But that is in Italian. So it's as my Job, as my Job, as my servant Job um, has. And, and that sounds weird, you know, but Job, uh, what happened? It's the power of repentance. Automatically, the confession that God records of Job is the last one, where he says, I repent. I was wrong. What I said was wrong. Remember, God is responding to Job because Job is speaking nonsense and he's telling him this is nonsense. And all of a sudden, Job is speaking, has spoken well. When did he speak well? It's the previous few verses where he says, no, look, man, I understand. I've made a mistake here. I shouldn't have said. And automatically, God takes him by his last conversation. And that's the power of repentance. That God will not look at the far things and say, Ah, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but in chapter, no, no, I understand. Chapter 13, you said very horrible things, man, about me. You, you said, you said I, made, I made you a target. I oh, mean, I don't make people targets, man. No, 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 I hear you. But chapter 14, you even went deeper. You understand? He says, no, I'll take you with the last thing you said. I'll take you with the last thing you said. And that's the time you repented. And I take that as what it is. And that's where you are now. You have a good confession. And guess what? The moment the man repented of the things that he spoke with his mouth, double was given. Double possession, even life. 
the man was restored and was given even more years to live hallelujah even more years to live they said after this job lived 140 years Whew! what a time to be alive hallelujah bless god and um this is awesome stuff this is awesome stuff and and this is exactly what elihu told them he said to them in chapter 36 he says he speaks he's speaking of a, of how a righteous man should actually be, be, be behave he says um then he tells them their work and their transgression meaning god that they have acted defiantly verse 10 he says he also opens their ear to instruction hallelujah and commands that they turn from iniquity that's what god does if they obey and serve him they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure and that's what we see god doing for this man after he says i repent of the words that i've spoken hallelujah and then all of a sudden um we are told um um uh, that every man um came and gave him uh, pieces of money and every man an earring of gold they brought to him hallelujah and the lord blessed the latter days of job at uh, the beginning for he had a uh, 14000 sheep 6000 camels oh man that's awesome stuff camels were used for transport so probably now we'd say cars um 1000 yokes of oxen oh that's a lot man a thousand cows and a thousand female donkeys i don't know why they had to say female but maybe females are better female donkeys yeah maybe for sure females are always better amen hallelujah hmm? it says in the land there were no women so fair as the daughters of job hmm. and their father gave them inheritance among their brothers oh or some stuff after this job lived 140 years and so his sons and his sons sons oh wow what a blessing man sons 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 to the power 3 even to four generations oh i just want to kiss this verse four generations imagine i i've got it's me and zo we gave birth to una una gives birth to another one so we are the first generation so una gives birth to another one and una's child gives birth to oh man as a many years right there bless god look look here be careful what we say with our mouth be careful what we confess speak the right things hallelujah god is good god is merciful god is loving god is not targeting you god is not testing you god is not going to inflict any pain in your body God's not going to quench your soul and all of those things. God is going to tell you when you are wrong and he's going to make you want to change and repent so that you can enjoy the pleasures of life and many other years and prosperity. God wants you to live, man. God wants you to have more than enough. God wants to bless you. God is proud of you. God is proud of of what we have and it's all by what Christ has done. And it's so amazing now you understand that our position of righteousness is not based on what we have done. but it is based on what Christ has done and therefore hold on to the life of Christ hold on to that hold on to that don't despair and when things happen don't think oh whatever no no keep the confession right keep the confession right keep the confession right and sometimes the right confession can be silenced be blessed in Jesus name i hope this blessed you and you'll be blessed share it with other people because this is a word from the lord amen